Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Detroit Free Press presents Talkin' Lions, your audio home for all things Honolulu blue and silver. Here is your host from the Detroit Free Press, Dave Burkett. Hey, Burkett here along with Carlos Menares. And uh, Carlos, uh, January 14th, the Lions have made their first of two major offseason hires Brad Holmes, college scouting director of the Los Angeles Rams. He is the new general manager of your Detroit Lions. Still have a coach to, to hire, and, and Holmes, his input, I think, will be taken into account there. I mean, I, it's been explained to me, it's sort of like a, an arranged marriage where the Lions are trying to pair up the right combination a little bit. And uh, But, you know, look, if Brad Holmes is the general manager. He's the guy that's going to lead this team into the future. Um, I know how I feel about it. I think I know how you feel about it, though. I haven't had time to read what you wrote t- today. So, uh, I'm going to give you first word here. What uh, what do you think of the Brad Holmes hire and why? Well, I don't. Okay, so I don't like it. Um, and the reason I don't like it, yeah, it's a shock, right? I don't like it. And I, I, I called it a fail uh, for the Lions, specifically because I said that, as I wrote last week, the home run hires would have been um, John Schneider from Seattle and Kevin Colbert from the Steelers. Those are the guys who have done it and have done it at a high level for a long time. Um, and that's what they, that's what they really need. This is what this franchise needs. This franchise needs something extra, something that is beyond a normal hiring for another team. You know, they haven't, they haven't had any playoff success. They haven't, you know, we, we don't have to go through the whole thing, but it's been bad. They need somebody who can step in on day one and say, this is what I've done. This is what we've done. This is why we've been successful. There's no guesswork. There's no, how do you put this together? How does this side of the team work? How does a good coach look? None of that. It's, you know, solid, tried and true experience. And, it, and it, anyone else, you know, I would have still said it would have been a fail. But the big problem with Brad Holmes is that he's the college scouting director for the Rams. He's like fifth guy down on the organization chart behind Les Need. <laughs> That's not great. Um, the other guys that they brought in were assistant GMs. They're at least one step below the GMs, you know, the Paytons and these guys in the Irelands. Um, so I would have liked that a little bit closer to the decision-making of, and Sheldon White talked about this when he was the interim. And he said when he was the, when he was, I forget what he was, player personnel director, Martin Mayhew. Martin Mayhew. There we go. Might have lost you. We paused. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, sorry about that. Um, so anyway, Sheldon White talked about that. He kind of stepped into the role of GM to help himself get ready. So I don't know if Holmes has done that. I doubt it being that far down. But, um, you know, I'd, I'd like to see somebody closer to that GM decision-making experience. Um, so that's why I wasn't happy with it. And, you know, who knows how you maybe, you know, the ins and outs of Colbert and Schneider and whether how much of it was gamesmanship to get a better contract or if they were not close at all. 
but those are the two guys I wanted to see. All right. So uh, two things. Well, I think the internet gods were cutting you off. there, trying to tell you something. They wanted you to, they weren't liking your take. That's why they interrupted you there. Uh, number two, it sounds like you really wanted them to win the press conference, right? Like they had to have somebody come in with this plan who's done it before. You just wanted, you wanted the win today and maybe didn't necessarily care how that played out down the road. Am I hearing that right? Win the press conference and everything's good. I don't know about the press conference, but I, I want them to win. And whether that's, Today or tomorrow or next year, um, I mean, and Kevin Colbert, that was one thing with him was he's older. He's 64, I believe. So yeah. he was not going to be a long-term solution, but he was going to start the winning now and, and or at least start the preparation for the winning. Schneider was my top pick because he's 48, 49. So uh, he could have done this for a while, but uh, I don't care about the, no. And Brad Holmes is going to win the press conference. This guy is, he's sharp. He comes off really good. He's well-spoken. He's smart. He's charismatic. Uh, he's got to have a lot of good stories. He's got some sports writers eating out of his hand with stories about his mom and his uncle and his dad. And so you know, Carlos, that's just part of the job. I got to write these stories ahead of time, right? Trying to let I know. these young Ozzy Newsome. You may have read that story, right? Young Ozzy. Don't Newsome. ever say that. Don't, I don't ever. I didn't say it. Wilbur Montgomery said it. Former Lions. Yeah. Wilbur Montgomery better stop that because that's, that's like saying, you know, a young, uh, uh, whatever, young Tom Brady for whoever yeah. you, no, do not go with Ozzy Newsome. He is the gold standard and nobody should be compared Did to him. Did you call Jake Rudock a young Tom Brady before? No, forget that question. Um, no, right. it was a why you tittle, but no. All right. <laughs> All right. So look, my take, my take on this Brad Holmes hire. Um, I, I, I like that it's a little bit outside the box. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are some concerns I think that are legitimate to have, right? Young guy, you know, like you said, it's, it's not so much about the title. It's just that he's never, you know, not even run a building, but been in a building much because he works, for, you know, uh, in Atlanta right now, I believe is his home base. Um, you know, it, he's, his experience has been exclusively on the college side. And when I say that, he's certainly been involved in other things, but, you know, he's been a college scouting director and a college road scout and, you know, a, a national scout. So th those sort of things are a scout for national, I guess, a combine scout. Um, so I, I think it's fair to have questions about the hire, but why I like it, Carlos, is because, I see this as the Lions, Mike Tomlin, the Lions, Sean McVay. And I don't know that they're, it's going to play out that way, but I think the process that led them to, to get to this point by interviewing, you know, 12 different GM candidates by definitely kicking the tires on Kevin Colbert, you know, we can get to that in a second. Um, you know, they, they came up with a guy in Brad Holmes who they, you know, found to be this, this very vibrant, you know, person, bright guy, um, you know, a part of the Rams forward thinking draft strategies and, and incorporation of analytics into some of the things they do. And, and I don't think it's so much as replicating the Rams as it is thinking that, you know, what, maybe we have a, a future superstar here and not wanting to let him go. You know, I wrote this for my column um, that's going to run. I think it'll post Friday morning. You know, the Lions, the first time they identified him, Carlos, um, mid-December, Mike Disner, who was heavily involved in the search, was you know, watching film, the NFL has this internal website where all the GM candidates, you know, from, from years past, right, they have these videos where they're just answering questions, right? Sort of like me sitting with, with nothing here, right? I'm, you're talking to a nameless, faceless person off camera who's asking questions. And, you know, the, you know, the, the, the videos, they, you know, they don't always put the person in the best light. But the Lions, when, when Disner saw that video, he stopped and said, wow, and he went and got Rod Wood. And he said, Rod, come watch this, right? Like, and they were enamored from that moment on in mid-December. And, and, you know, I don't think it's just about like 
you know, you're falling in love with somebody's words. But I, I, I bring that up to point out that this was a guy that was maybe a little bit off the radar, maybe a little bit down the, the pecking order of the list. And then when they sort of got to know him, sort of like the Steelers did with Mike Tomlin, which is why I've used that analogy, that all of a sudden they were like, man, this guy really has it. He really has what we're looking for. And again, does that mean he'll be successful? I, I don't know. I, you know, no one knows, but there's no guarantee a Kevin Colbert or a Ed Dodds or whoever your, your choice was, was going to be successful. So I certainly can um, acknowledge that, you know, and Ed Dodds was more experienced and I, I would have liked him of the first time GM candidates or a Kevin Colbert would have brought a lot to the mix given his experience and his ties to the organization had the lions been able to, or wanted to pull that off. But at the end of the day, you know, I, uh, I like the process to, to, to get the Lions to, 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 to signing Brad Holmes to this five-year deal to be their next general manager. And I just like the fact that, you know, they sort of rolled the dice on a, on a guy that they think has superstar potential. And we'll just find out, frankly, whether or not their decision makers are right in their evaluation before long. Yeah. Um, well, say, say, say more about the Colbert thing. How much do you think, how close right. do you think they were? Um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, look, I, there certainly were some back channel discussions. You know, my understanding is that there certainly were some back channel discussions over the last you know, couple of weeks to try to make this happen. Um, you know, I'm of the, the belief that it was uh, fairly close to, to, I don't want I don't know if fairly close to happening is the right word, but I, I think the, the discussions had advanced long enough that certainly it, um, it could have got to the point that, that, and it wasn't, look, the line, you know, it's not, Lions aren't talking directly to Kevin Colbert. There's nothing like that that was going on. But I think, you know, the Lions had some interest. I think Kevin Colbert, you know, at the end of the day, probably had some interest. And then maybe it was just because they liked Brad Holmes enough that the Lions didn't, you know, end up going down that road because I believe had they wanted to, they, they probably could have made it happen with Kevin Colbert. So, um, you know, to me, that speaks to why, you know, the Brad Holmes thing worked for them too, that they just – you know, they liked him in. they liked him before they met him. They liked him in his first Zoom interview. They liked him when they sat down with him, you know, who like is maybe even too light of a word, you know, they, they were enamored with him, And so then they just decided to pull the trigger. They didn't want to miss out on him and, and give the Atlanta Falcons another team that he was the finalist for, um, you know, a shot, even though it seemed like the Falcons were going to go with Terry Fontenot. So I believe that the Lions could have had Kevin Colbert had they wanted to, to see that thing all the way through. Um, I don't know any sort of compensation that would have had to happen. I, you know, I don't, I don't know how they would have gotten to the end point, but I believe that there was enough interest from both sides that it could have happened. Yeah. And that's where I'm disappointed that I think, you know, we know, like if you want it to happen, it'll happen, you know, and whether it's you're giving up a draft pick or, you know, something like that, or possibly, I don't think they would have waited until after the draft and Colbert's, you know, contract was over, but um if you want it to happen, I think it can happen. The Schneider thing, not to interrupt, I was just going to say, the Schneider thing, that might be a little bit different deal. I don't, I don't know. I never got the sense that that was, you know, as, as real a pursuit for the Lions. You know, so I don't know if that was just John and, and his reps using that for more leverage. I mean, certainly he got a huge deal out of, the, out of it from the Seattle Seahawks. Um, so, you know, that's, it's possible that that was it. You know, maybe the Lions – when they got word, you know, maybe there was some interest there. I don't, I don't know exactly that situation, but that one struck me a little bit more as just leverage for him to stay in Seattle and get a better deal. Yeah. With Schneider, you know, I would have preferred him because of his age, but you know, he's got a son who's autistic. He's been in Seattle for a long time. Uh, you know, the idea kind of what I've heard a little bit or from what I can understand is 
Pete Carroll's getting up there and basically when Carroll retires, he's going to be running that team. He'll have full roster control. He'll be the guy, you know, and probably for a while. So, you know, it, it makes sense if he, if he waits it out with, with Pete over there, um, you know, so that I can understand that. I can understand why he may not have been fully committed to maybe, you know, really inter- entertaining the lions, you know, overtures through back channels, whatever it might be. Snyder um, also got paid significantly more than the lions are paying Brad Holmes. So, and I don't think that money was the deciding factor. I mean, again, Brad Holmes, the experience sort of dictates the, the money in, in both those regards a little bit, but, you know, let's be honest about that too. Just that, you know, John Schneider is, is going to be one of the highest paid general managers in football and Brad Holmes will be one of the lowest paid general managers in football. What's, what's the ballpark figure? What's your idea for how much Holmes is making? I, I, I'm not reporting this. I'm just saying the, the rumor, the rumor mill churning out is, is about 3 million a year, which is, you know, that's, about, what, a lot, that's what a lot of general, you know, I, not a lot, but the, you know, first time general managers, you're, you're not making, you know, that much, you know, a lot of time. And now, that doesn't go for everyone. You know, Nick Casario is rumored to be making uh, 6 million a year or somewhere in that ballpark. So, you know, it all depends on what leverage you have, what experience, you know, a whole bunch of factors. And I don't know exactly what Brad Holmes is making. I don't know exactly what Nick Casario is making. Those numbers aren't as readily available as, as player salaries are, but um, you know, that's just sort of the industry chatter is that um, and it, what I would expect again, given their experience that, that John Schneider is way up here when it comes to salary and Brad Holmes is down here that doesn't say anything about Brad Holmes' ability or what he could be making, you know, five years from now, uh, if this thing goes the way the Lions hope. But um, certainly, you know, again, the Lions are, it's a, it's a bit of a roll of the dice because he's, he's a bit of an unknown, but um, I give the Lions, you know, credit for, for casting the wide enough net to, to find somebody like this and, and to roll those dice and, and to take a chance on a guy that, again, I think they think has superstar potential. You know, and I'll give Lions credit. They really interviewed a lot of people, you know, um, if nothing else, you know, if nothing else, they, they talked to many, many people and had a sense. So if someone had been, you know, clearly head and, head and shoulders above, you know, Holmes, I would have hoped that they would have made some kind of a, a stronger run at them. I don't know about the Ed Dodds thing. Um, he was the favorite at one point and then he wasn't. And then Denver, um, you know, but I do, I do. Warn- Payton, you're talking about. What's that? George Payton you're talking about there? Payton, I'm sorry. Payton, yes. And, and and I wasn't crazy about Payton because he's a little bit too close to Spielman with the whole connection with the Vikings and all that stuff. I, I don't just want to interject this. I don't think Payton was ever the favorite. I, I think okay. um, just from having talked to you know people around the league and close to some of these general manager candidates, I think Payton was – I mean, I, th- I think they liked, you know, George Payton. I don't think there's, you know, I think they like most of the guys they talked to, right? You talked to 12 people and the vast majority of those were, were real interviews, you know, people that had a real shot at the job at least. Um, but I don't know that Payton was ever the the front runner for the job. I think, um, I think, I think Brad Holmes was a guy that they definitely liked early on in the process before bringing him in. They definitely, I, I know this for a fact that as soon as they got done with that interview, they were like, this guy's, he's a really good, you know, candidate. And I think I wrote that the next day that, you know, my story about him and his uncle was the Lions first round pick um, that, you know, he was a guy that, that had a really good, you know, zoom interview. And so they left that, I don't know that they left that knowing they were going to hire him, but they left that feeling good about him. If they, if he was the decision to hire them. Okay. So what is your, what is your number one or top, one of the top, top reasons you think that he'll be successful? What's, what's something that would, that's impressed you on his resume or whatever his background? 
Yeah, I mean, um, I think it's just the, you know, the the people that I've I've spoken to about him. And now look, we always fall into this trap, right? I, I, I preface this by saying this, right? <laughs> when you're asking around about these guys and you're doing these stories, you know, the the people that are probably calling you back are saying, yeah, this is this guy's a really good guy, but. I, I'm not even just talking about the guys that are in his circle. I think when you, when you ask around the league, right? Like let's say I'm talking to people that know, you know, whatever candidate a and B and uh, about candidate C and you ask them about some of the other guys and they say, well, I, you know, I, this guy's got a really bright future. You know what? He, he's got a good reputation around the league. Like a lot of people think highly of him. So when that word starts to circulate about somebody, you know, I think that comes back to you because not everyone that they interviewed, you got that feedback from, right? There were guys that, that they interviewed that people were like, I don't know why they're talking to this guy, you know, or yeah, this guy, you know, there's, there's no reason they should be talking to that guy. So Brad Holmes was a guy that, again, just in talking to people across the league, they, they were um, quite roundly like, you know, this guy's got a, a bright future. He's a smart dude. You know, he's, he's, um, he sees, he's got a good eye for talent the way that he can handle people, you know, his communication skills, um, you know, his ability to make his points, uh, you know, his, his presence and, and ability to galvanize, you know, a, a scouting staff. I think those were things that the, some of the feedback that I got and, and when you pair that with what Rod Wood had said about what the Lions are looking for, you know, I, again, I understand why they made this hire. Yeah. You know, and that, that I understand, you know, I get that and then it meshed with their whole thing that we want better communication uh, we want somebody with with the right vision, you know. Um, charisma was the word that a lot of people used. So. Yeah, charisma, you know, and he definitely comes off that way. He definitely comes off as somebody who, who's, uh, you know, he's well spoken. He's uh, he seems relatable, um, comfortable. Um, it seems like he. I don't know if he's done a ton of media interviews, but he seems like he's done enough. Um, where, yeah. The Rams helped get him out there, definitely. Well, yeah, he wanted his name out there, you know, and 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 I, I don't know where the what happened with the Rams as far as why he never went beyond scouting director, you know, college scouting director. Um, if he had chances to go anywhere else, but it was kind of a lateral move and he wouldn't do that. But working on the pro personnel side or or whatever it might be, um, and that's what that's kind of what concerns me is when it comes to free agency and trades. Um, that kind of stuff is going to be like, he's never done that before. So he's going to have to lean on whoever's there, you know? Well, Carlos, like I said, I think those are valid concerns. And, you know, I I do think it'll be interesting. I I fully expect that he's going to have a veteran assistant GM, you know, senior personnel executive, someone like that, that a right-hand man that he can bounce ideas off of. And whether that's Lance Newmark, who's in the organization or someone from outside that he trusts, you know, uh, uh, completely, I think that's an extremely important hire to help him navigate some of those things in the first year that he's just not used to from, from not being a GM before and not being in the building. So I, I, you know, I I think your concerns in that area are valid. It's just a matter of, I want to tell this story too. Okay. Because I know, again, we always run long, we always do, but I want to tell this story. I was talking to his mom today and uh, you know, again, he was, he ran the last eight drafts, I think it is for the Rams. Right. So he was the college scouting director when the Rams took Aaron Donald. You know, and his mom was mentioned, you know, some of the guys that, you know, he'd always come home when he was scouting Florida and she'd, you know, 
you know, he'd talk about different guys that he really liked in the draft, you know, and it comes from a big football family. His dad played in the NFL, his, his cousin played in the NFL, you know, his uncle was a first round pick here in Detroit. So football runs through the blood anyways. So I asked her, you know, she had mentioned one of the players and I said, well, what about Aaron Donald? Is there a story about Aaron Donald? And she said, and I had to bring up the Aaron Donald thing, right? Because the Lions passed on him. And too soon, said, too soon. Oh, never too soon. She said, you know, during that draft that, you know, there were a couple of times that he, you know, he would call her and she'd be like, what are you doing? Where are you going? She's like, yeah, I'm going to pit, you know? And she's like, well, haven't you already gone to pit? You know? And he's like, yeah, you know, there's this defensive lineman there that, you know, I really think we got a shot at, you know, he's a good player. And like, hopefully I think, I think some people are going to pass on him, you know, like they may not, they may, you know, the size thing, right. That how teams didn't think he was big enough, you know, but, but it seemed like he liked them from the, from the jump, like a lot of people did, you know, but, but maybe some people were scared to take him. He slides to, to the Rams in the draft, right? The Lions take Eric E. Brown. We all know the story. The Rams draft Aaron Donald and Brad Holmes sends his mom a text. I got him. You know, like I got my guy, right? So, I mean, it's just like, it's like this perfect circle of the Lions pass on, on Aaron Donald and, you know, Brad Holmes hits on the guy that the Lions should have had and, and had the Lions taken him, we probably wouldn't be talking about Brad Holmes right now. He'd still be in you know, LA and Martin Mayhew would still be here and maybe the Lions would be perennial, you know, uh, Super Bowl contenders or something like that because of, of the strength of their defense and a three-time defensive player of the year. Or maybe Aaron Donald wouldn't, you know, who knows if he could break the Detroit curse. But I just wanted to share that story because I felt it was very Detroitish and, and you know, topic-y. Full, full circle, you know, so, so um, Holmes is going to be part of probably two big things with the draft with the Rams beating the Lions on the draft is they steal Aaron Donald and then they get two back-to-back third round picks because the Lions hired him way for that position. And they're going to use one of those picks. The Lions are going to pass on someone on some amazing cornerback and they're going to pick him in the third star. <laughs> yeah. You watch as well. If the, if we only hadn't had Brad Holmes, they wouldn't, the Rams wouldn't have gotten that guy. It's always, always seems to be how it works with the Lions. The, the, what we could have done if scenarios that always seem to pop up. So. Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you about the, the uh, speaking of the draft is, you know, he gets credit for the Aaron Donald thing. He gets credit for Aaron, for uh, Jared Goff, for picking him or, or having input to pick him over Carson Wentz. Um, how, how real is that? How much, I mean, I know Les Need, top lieutenant, but also Greg Robinson's also maybe on his ledger too, right? Um, well, that was before he was college scouting director, but look, I, yes, yes and no. I mean, right, like, Every GM, every evaluator, you're always going to have hits and misses, right? So, I mean, get that out of the way, right? Like the Rams have certainly had some good picks and some bad ones. And I think he would probably admit to that. Um, The Aaron Donald pick, like obviously you play a big role in it as college scouting director, but it's the GM that's pulling the trigger at the end of the day, right? Heavily influenced by the the college scouts. So he played a big role in it, but it's ultimately less needs draft pick. So uh, I think, you know, and, and I talked to someone from the Rams organization yesterday who made this point. Um, And he said, you know, you look at our roster, we have the third youngest roster in the NFL right now. And we have, you know, all these late round, they haven't had a first round pick since they took Jared Goff. And his point was, you know, we have all these late round guys that are starting like three, six rounders who are starting. I think they have three day, three picks starting on defense, young guys on their first contracts that are starting on defense and they're playing in a divisional game this weekend. So I think those are the things that it's not just him, of course, it's his scouting staff, right? And, and one thing that the Lions liked beyond Brad Holmes was, again, the processes that, that the Rams use. And I'm looking forward to, to diving a little bit more into that because I don't you know, understand them completely yet. And I think 
I'd like to hear Brad explain them whenever he meets with the media, um, just about how they've incorporated analytics into some of that and, and how they're sort of on the cutting edge. A lot of people think they are on the cutting edge of, of some of the evaluation stuff. So again, maybe this is too Patriots wazy, you know, that, that the Lions are trying to, to mimic this, but I do think that's part of the package with Brad Holmes and what attracted the Lions to him is that um, some of the, the things that he's been a part of in uh, LA when it comes to, you know, meshing analytics and football uh, in theory should help the Lions going forward. Yeah. And that's, that's the, that's the thing with, um, you know, I think we fall in love with all the hits sometimes that, that happen in the draft, but we don't always notice the misses, you know, yeah. uh, outside of Detroit, people don't really understand the Eric Ebron thing and how hurtful that was and how damaging to the Lions fan base's psyche, you know, like, I mean, he's like, Oh, he's playing for the Steelers in a playoff game, Eric. And they still call him Ebron on TV. They don't even know how to say his name, you know? Um, so you forget about that, you know, and if, if, uh, if Bob Quinn or, well, it was Martin Mayhew's pick, right. Um, if he was looking for uh, whatever, you know, he would talk about, uh, you know, Stafford and, and Sue and those guys and people wouldn't really know Eric Ebron. So you got to take that all, you know, into consideration. Um, Sorry, so I, I don't mean to interrupt. I just want to correct myself because you're right. Greg Robinson was under his watch. So it was, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I, I guess I was, I was thinking back silly me, right. I was thinking back to 2009 when they took Jason Smith, the, at the one pick after Matthew Stafford. That's what I was thinking of, but, but you're right. So. Yeah. Cause uh, you're whitewashing it already. You're already you in it. Like he's great. You know, another one. Hey, Hey, here's another one. They, so, they actually took him before Aaron Donald. So I just want to make sure that I corrected myself on that. Cause you're hundred yeah. percent right about that pick. So, so, uh, so, so here's another one is um, Sean Mannion quarterback, right? They took him in the third round in 15. If he had panned out third round, not a guarantee to be a star or anything, but if he had panned out, if he had been showed more promise, they wouldn't have had to trade half their franchise picks for, for Jared Goff. You know, they, they had to mortgage their future to go after Jared Goff. So that's a miss in, in, in some ways, if they felt this guy credit to them to see, early, like this guy's not going to work out. Like it's, we gotta, we gotta get somebody. Um, but if they had done a better job picking a quarterback, then maybe they yep. could have, they could have avoided. Oh, that. Again, you're going to have hits and misses with everyone. And that's why I think it's more important than just evaluating someone's draft record and free agent, you know, swings and misses or trades or whatever happened with any of the GM candidates, because there's no doubt that you can argue whatever you want to argue, right? Oh, he was great with some of the later on. Well, what about, you know, right. drafting Greg Robinson or why, why pick a running back at 10 like Todd Gurley as great as you? I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot that you can argue when it comes to that. That's why I say let's, you know, let's look beyond the draft picks. And I think we can acknowledge that there were some good picks. There were some bad picks. There were some questionable ones, you know, maybe some misevaluations, maybe some great hits too. Um, but regardless, the Rams are where they are right now. They're, they're in the playoffs uh, they haven't had a first round pick in, in four years, basically. And, uh, you know, I think the organization as a whole that he has been a part of um, certainly deserves credit for that. And let me ask you just that you were, you're, you're going to ask Brad, uh, Brad Holmes about his uh, the analytics and his draft strategy and all that. I'm sure he's going to lay it all out for you on and everything. Um, but if he doesn't text him right now about it. Yeah. Yeah. His mom will get back to you. Um, but if he doesn't do that, then, I would expect him to talk about the, and I don't think he's going to say the Ram standard as they've talked about in LA, but that whole idea, he's talked about this several times. I think about having passionate players, um, you know, who overcome adversity, who don't get defeated by early um, difficulties or struggles uh, that they play with intensity, that they play with, 
with, you know, whatever it is, you know, um, discipline, they're good teammates. And that, that makes, I, I understand that from his point of view as a college guy, as a college scout. Um, but as I pointed out in something I wrote later, um, this is the team that signed Dominican Sue and Jalen Ramsey, you know, free agents, pro free agents that I don't know if he had anything to do with them, but those guys are not good teammates. They're not, they're not passionate, you know, whatever guys, you know, they're, I mean, they are, but they're good players, but they're me first players, you know, and how is he going to balance that now as far as having drafting the kind of right players that he wants, but balancing that with, with guys in free agency who aren't always, you know, have the cleanest uh, record, you know, behind them for, for not fighting with coaches and whatever else, you know, but the players. So I, I want to know what he's going to say about that. Again, fair question. You know, and I think those are all decisions that, you know, he hasn't had to make before that uh, we'll see exactly. And, and make them within the Lions structure now. Right. I mean, we all know that Sheila Ford Hamp, you know, she wants good people in the organization, you know, so maybe some moves that other teams could make the Rams have even made at times, you know, maybe some of those, signings or draft picks wouldn't quite fly in Detroit. So, but look, end of the day, um, you know, I think it's, again, just to sum up, you know, my feelings are that they're taking a big swing here, right? They're swinging for the fences. They think they got a guy that, you know, he's going to be a future star and it may not happen in 2021 in terms of, of turning the lines around. Uh, but, you know, they're, they're believing that at some point here, um, you know, he's going to be the guy that's going to, to, you know, um, that lead them to, to great things in the future. And the, the second piece of that, Carlos, is, and this is how we'll wrap it up, the coach, right? It's, it's part of, partly about who he hires, who they hire as a coach too. And that's what's still outstanding. And we all know the reports out there, right? Arthur Smith is coming for a second interview. The Lions still have to talk with Todd Bowles. You know, Dan Campbell is a name that I keep hearing a lot of. Um, I think he is heavily in the mix if the Lions are willing to wait for him. Um, you know, we'll see. Bevel had a really good interview. That's going to be a tough sell. Obviously, we've talked about that before. Um, you know, so I, I think those are, you know, Marvin Lewis. I know he's he's made a little bit of noise, but I, I ultimately I think it's going to come down to, I mean, if they like Arthur Smith in the second interview, Dan Campbell, if they get a chance to sit with him, those would be the two guys that, um, you know, I could see the lines going forward with most at this point. And I, I'm not ruling out Bevel. I'm not ruling out Bevel at all because I know he had a really good interview, but. Um, just in terms of, you know, the, the, I, I, my feeling is that the Lions have wanted to blow this whole thing up and start over and doing so with a young general manager and a new coach um, probably allows them to do that in the best way. Yeah, your boy Bevel, I won't say, I won't say much about him. I, I know, I know how close you are to him. So I don't want to, I don't want to say, but please promise me it's not going to be Marvin Lewis. Please, please, Dave, can you please, can you call Sheila tonight and tell her that I do not, I, I might write something nasty about it, you know, uh, not my character, but I would be critical of it. Never done that, Carlos. Why? Well, I mean, you know, look, again, when you have a 41-year-old general manager who's very young, you know, I, I think you probably need some experience to balance that off, right? And and Marvin is a guy who's had a lot of experience. But, you know, to your point, Marvin may be in the Kevin Colbert boat where how long can you see him doing it, right? And And, you know, obviously he was at one place for a long time excuse me, I wouldn't, you know, again, I think there are merits to him. You know, Cincinnati is, is 32 out of 32 when it comes to like the organizational commitment to like, you know, putting the resources in that you need to be successful. And Marvin made seven playoff appearances despite that. So I think Marvin, um, I, you're right. You're right. 
but I, I think I, I say that to say that, you know, given the constraints, Marvin had success in Cincinnati and what the Lions have to figure out is what is the ceiling with Marvin, right? Like, does Marvin have a Jim Caldwell ceiling at nine and seven, you know, in Detroit, or could you see Marvin leading you to the grand success that you envision with Brad Holmes as your general manager, or in order to reach that grand success, do you need a guy like Dan Campbell, a guy like Arthur Smith, whoever the, the other choice is. And ultimately, you know, again, I've heard good things about Dan Campbell in this, this process, you know, that the lions, even before they talked to him, were asking, you know, around about him and, and, um, you know, asking GM candidates uh, about him and, and getting some feedback on him. So he's a name that I would keep an eye on here over the coming days. Yeah. And I'd, I'd uh, you know, the thing with Marvin Lewis, he's always, he's always been the answer to me for what would happen if you had uh, an owner team, whatever that isn't very demanding and that is very patient with the coach who you know, kind of does the right things and, and, and runs a fairly clean ship um, for the most part. And you're just too patient. You're not demanding. You don't demand excellence. You get, you get Marvin Lewis, a guy who, you know, he wins a few division titles and he makes the playoffs. He didn't make a play, the playoffs for a few straight years, um, but just wasn't the guy. Clearly he wasn't the guy. He wasn't the guy that he's going to lead you to Super Bowl. He's going to, you know, do all these things for your, you know, like you just know that. And when you have a patient, a, uh, an ownership group or, you know, family in this case, the Browns that they just don't care that much. They don't, they they're cheap and they don't want to go find a elite coach and pay them. And, you know, it's just, that's the answer, you know, as I think Jim Caldwell would have been this Jim Caldwell would have like, Hey, the lines would have been respectable. People wouldn't have gotten in trouble. They would have been the playoffs every once in a while, you know, but they just wouldn't have been great. So do you want to be great, you know, and, and criticize the Matt Patricia and the Bob Quinn stuff as much as you want, but the Lions wanted to be great. They wanted to, they wanted to steal the idea from the Patriots of how you, you guys are great. Well, okay. We'll be great like you, um, you know, so that it was, it wasn't clever the way they went about it, but that was what they were hoping for, you know? And I think with, I think with Brad, you know, like I'll be honest, you know, as an LA native, the, the, the Rams were our lions, you know, like, to hear these people talk about the Rams now and the Rams standard, and I know it's a different team, but these guys were perennial losers. I mean, they just, since the fifties, after the sixties, whatever, and the Merlin Olsen and all those guys, Deacon Jones, they just, they just sucked. They just sucked all the time. They were the, the picture of ineptitude and they were run by Carol Rosenblum's uh, uh, wife who didn't know she was doing. It was just a mess. Um, so it's an, it's kind of weird to hear people talking about how they're, they're stealing greatness from the Rams, you know, um, and it could happen. You know, I, I disagree with your kind of swinging for the fences metaphor. I think this is just a shot in the dark, you know, like, let's just hope, let's just hope that, that we like this guy. We're going to take a gamble. I give them credit for if they really believe in this guy, if it had nothing to do with Schneider and Cole and any of the other candidates that they really believed in this guy. And like, we just like everything about his messaging. Um, People can grow in the position and general managers generally get a chance to, to work with or hire two coaches. So if, it, if he doesn't have to be, you know, out of the gate blazing great, um, he can grow into the job. Maybe, you know, if they see him as a long-term guy, um, you know, credit to them for sticking to their guns um, and that, but we'll just never know how close they really were to Colbert or Schneider um, or any of the guys. But as long as they don't hire Marvin Lewis, Dave, that's all I ask, please. No Marvin Lewis. We might know one day how close they were to Kevin Colbert. We'll see. 
We'll see. One day, one day that might come out. We'll see when he retires. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, that'll do it for us. Uh, long discussion, but you know, worthwhile discussion here as the Lions made big news today, hiring a new general manager in Brad Holmes, who spent his entire NFL career with the Rams, climbed up the ranks there. Um, young guy, uh, you know, a guy I think that was off a lot of people's radars, mine included, uh, way back, you know, when the, the Lions made the changes they did after Thanksgiving, firing Bob Quinn and, and Matt Patricia. But this is the Lions general manager, and uh, we'll find out soon enough, Carlos, who the who the head coach is that they will be pairing with him. So um, until then, we'll probably uh, get back with you then, or maybe after Brad Holmes does his his Zoom, whenever that may be. But that'll do it for uh, that'll we'll do. Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.